Do we see at Groundswell this year, the 26th and 27th of June, close to London, UK? Many friends of the podcast will be there. John Kempf, Abby Rose, Benedict Berzo, Henry Dimbleby, Claire Hill, Russ Carrington, Andy Cato, Tim Coates, and many, many more. See you there. Welcome to Investing in Regenerative Agriculture and Food. This is a special dedicated series on transition finance. Why are we recording this series? Many farmers are ready to speed up their regenerative transition. They've looked for learning, done the courses, read the key books, hosted the gurus on their farms, explored farm-sized regenerative designs, and most importantly, started their pilots and feedback loops. This is where transition finance is key. A local bank loan often isn't feasible because of the short duration, lack of flexibility, and the farmer's lack of collateral. Furthermore, there's a limit of how much equity a farmer is able or willing to give away. That is why my co-host, aspiring to be regenerative farmer, Benedict Bösel, and I are embarking on a journey to find out what are the key principles of transition finance for regenerative farmers. We are interviewing leading practitioners in the regenerative agriculture and food finance space. They share their insights how they would finance the speed up of the regenerative transition on Benedict's 1,000 hectares, which is almost 2,500 acres, farm in Germany close to Berlin. This is an open process. We are sharing our lessons through the podcast episodes as we go along. We don't have the answers yet, just a lot of questions. So please share with us any examples of transition finance you've seen, other inspiration, people to interview, etc. Get in touch via the contact page on the website, investinginregenerativeagriculture.com. That is investinginregenerativeagriculture.com. It's time to talk a bit about the farm and to see, um, we prepared a, a nice document with a, an, an overview, which will definitely link in the description below or wherever you're listening to this podcast so you can read this back. But we can do a few highlights of the farm just to, have an idea of size what what are we talking about and I, I mean i think you already guessed that it's not a small one it's definitely bigger than than your average uh, few hectares and um, so when can you give a, a short overview of uh guten Bösel in terms of the farm but also the bigger platform as you, you you described it yeah sure i mean basically we are a family farm so my both of my parents live here my two older sisters live here with their kids obviously i live here and what we're doing as a whole group, I guess, is basically ecological agriculture on roughly 1,000 hectares, forestry on another 2,000 hectares. There is a bed and breakfast uh, with a couple of double rooms. We have a, a small bakery that we um, use or that we can use. Um, there is an, an old English garden that we look after, as well as, you know, the, let's say, different farm infrastructure that some of which you can use as, a, as an event room. And we pretty much run all of that with, let's say, a total of 20 employees. I guess as far as the agricultural land is concerned, um, as I said, um, our average ground points is around 35, which I think is a very German thing to German thing to say. I'm not sure if it's actually internationally known, but just to give you an, an idea, so it's a classification of soil quality, whereas 100 is you know as good as it gets and zero being the lowest. If you're on a, so you're definitely in the lower region. Yeah, I think for Brandenburg, like the county that we're in, it's actually not that bad. As there's, there's some that are worse, 
But to give you an example, if you if you stand on the beach and you have the sand on your feet, then that's probably 16, 17, 18 ground points and we are 35. So oh, yeah, yeah, should yeah. should give you a good, <laughs> good estimate of the quality. So our average plot size is around 40 hectares and most of the fields are nicely situated around the farm, I guess. So on a on a production note, um, we basically our focus is grain production. Well, our focus as of now is grain production. Eight, between seventy seventy five percent is is actually in grain production. Usually we have spelt, barley, rye, wheat, all the classic ones. The rest is really legumes like uh, sweet lupine and uh, and alfalfa. And I mean this is basically the farm structure when I started over. What we have done since then and, and, and started with and experimenting with is basically different forms of regenerative agriculture. First of all, the let's say a classical agroforestry system where we planted different um, species of poplar and widow on a large field of roughly 30 hectares. And those are basically just thin lines, double, double rows, evenly dispersed over the field, really to see the effect on actually the grain production. So we know from the science that even if I reduce the agricultural land by, let's say, 5 to 10% by introducing those um, tree lines, I could probably have the same yield on the remaining, the same or, or even higher yield on the remaining agriculture, side, uh, agriculture field just because of the introduction of the ecosystem functions of the biomass of the, of the tree lines. And I think that is so applicable to the place that we are. I mean, we have this incredible drought time between really early early spring, early summer, also afterwards, the ground temperature sometimes reaches, I guess, 70, 80%. You have this amazing radiation, heat, dryness. So any tree, anything that can block that basically will exactly. help changing the, the local, the microclimate. Exactly. So I think, you know, that changing microclimate between the tree lines, I think is going to have a, a huge impact also on, on an erosion, you know, wind erosion is going to be a, a big thing. And then, I mean, if there is water, if it if it rains, obviously the 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 soil is, is is in a way that it actually can't take up any of it, right? So, I think that agroforestry, that let's say simple agroforestry system, is going to be very interested. We have a couple of uh, scientific facilities that are also, you know, monitoring uh, the soil uh, soil development, let's say. Or monitoring the soil development, which I think is going monetizing to monetizing would be great. Yeah, <laughs> that's the next I was step. going to say, Damn. wow, you're advanced. Wow, yeah. it's automatic. It's it's transferring the Bitcoin straight to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, depending on the outcome, maybe you'll think about it. But um, yeah, um, then we have a project together with with um, um, Ernst Götz, which uh, is from Switzerland, and he developed in Switzerland as well as in Brazil. Um, basically a style of agroforestry, a biodynamic agroforestry, I would call it. It's, it's called syntropic agri agriculture. Which is extremely advanced, right? And, and I think you, you're one of the first or maybe even the first to do, first of all, at, at scale, this is three and a half hectares in, in Germany. I don't think I've seen anybody getting, first of all, Aaron's coach to Germany and then actually implementing uh, one of these projects. Or am I, am I wrong? Yeah. I mean, he is, uh, it took some uh, motivation, I guess, uh, to bring him over. But I mean, his way of doing agriculture is um, is, is quite quite popular in Brazil, in Argentina, and also on on a large scale. So it is being proven in a, in a way there already. And he started a couple of projects in Europe: one in Spain, one in Switzerland, one in Portugal, and a few others. 
And then we are lucky to have him in, in Germany as well. And, um, well, the idea is really, and I think actually this is something so fascinating about all those different lines of thought of, of regenerative ag. It's always, you know, the same characteristics, really. I mean, it's always about keeping the soil covered, having a diverse crop rotation, have a like, large diversity of plants and animals, all the large ones, yeah, uh, less soil disturbance, obviously. And it's the same with the syntropic one. And uh, whenever I have visitors, then everyone is always like, yeah, but how can syntropic agriculture work in, 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 in your environment? And I always say, well, we're not going to plant any coca trees or, or Or, um, or bananas. Or, or yes. bananas, exactly. Um, but the principles are, are similar, right? And obviously we're testing and developing. We'll, we'll never be ready. But as from what we already can see today, I mean, there's just, uh, yeah, incredible uh, potential to it. So what we're doing there is basically having, yeah, an agroforestry system where we're not only looking, obviously, at popular, but we're looking at a combination of pioneering species with nut trees, a pioneering species with different fruit trees, fruit bushes, having different layers within one tree line and obviously different potential usages at, at different times, all having some sort of synergetic effect with each other and, and helping each other on different levels, be it through fungi, be it through shadows, be it through different root structures. So very versatile, very complex. And those systems are always designed in a way that part of the system is actually for the system itself, basically Uh, the pioneer species will be pruned each year and the biomass that is, uh, you know, uh, being cut is then brought back onto the soil to, you know, stimulate, let's say, nutrients for uh, and food for, for the soil microbiology and, and biology, obviously. And another part of the system is, is for producing nutritious food for people so or actually animals also. So that is a system that we're trying and, and we've just uh, planted, I think, 1,500 trees and bushes a couple of weeks or actually two weeks ago. So, and then the next project is the uh, basically the animals, yeah. You were the holistic, yeah. already. Yeah, yeah holistic grazing, um, following Alan Savory, at least we're, we're trying to, but it's, um, it's really tough when it comes to uh, having your mobile fence and, and having no rain for eight weeks. Then I haven't yet found a mobile fence that is hard enough or good enough to get into the ground. So, um, much to be learned, but anyway, yeah, so maybe some people have, that are listening that are operating in, in more desert like uh, uh, circumstances have some tips for, for you. Yeah, basically I know there's like, we need that, that rolling kind of fence that is like on, I think five different poles and it, and it rolls above the ground. I think that is, that is a good way of doing it because, you know, our, our soil gets as hard as stone pretty much, you know, if it, if it doesn't rain for a while then there's just nothing you can put in there as of a fence. But basically, we have yeah, pretty much 20 cows. We'll uh, have our first calves, um, had our first calves a couple of weeks ago. We'll have another 20 um, heifers coming uh, beginning of next year's and um, another uh, or, or part of our, um, of our herd is going to uh, have their cows um, also beginning next year. So... We'll have around 60 heads um, uh, starting the year and obviously practicing, let's say, you know, rotational grazing and, you know, learning and, and, and observing as much as we can. One thing that we'll be starting to build within the next couple of weeks is our first yeah, mobile uh, laying hen house, as well as three little uh, groups for, for the broilers. 
and uh, the broilers will go into the syntropic, uh, into the syntropic testing grounds, and the laying hens will then uh, start to follow the cows in um, in spring next year. And as you have so much grain, you for sure also have some leftovers for to feed them. Do you want to learn how to invest or are you an entrepreneur and want to build companies in the regenerative food and agriculture space? Or do you work in big ag and big food and want to really move the needle? We have developed a new video course for you. Find out more on investinginregenerativeagriculture.com slash course or in the show notes description below. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that that, that is really one one of the concepts that, that are easy to grasp uh, basically, you know, use potential uh, side-offs or, or things that you don't actually have usage for and and see how you can somehow create some value from it. And as far as the grain is concerned, I mean, you know, we have a, a cleaning facility for the grain, so there's so, ma- so much leftover, so so much potential garbage grain, so to say, that is, that is a great, great feed potentially. So we definitely use that. And and. and the same way with uh, potential compost um, components, we've started um, yeah doing some different experiments with composting. So uh, the classical vermicompost, um, we've built uh, four bioreactors following the Johnson Sue model, which we're really let's say fascinated and um, and and also excited about to get you know get that microbiology and the bacteria and the fungi going. So uh, yeah, it's a good project. I'll, I'll show. I could provide some some photos of that later on as yeah, well. They look, they look very very uh, impressive, I have to say. And, and you were mentioning that they actually get to to some good temperatures, but obviously we have to see um, in uh, over the next months how how that develops. And when you think, I want to spend a few minutes. Uh, I want to be conscious of of our time as well to spend a few minutes on uh, when I say transition finance, or when somebody mentions that in this context of this farm. What does that trigger to you? What would you be able to do if you had appropriate transition finance? And what would that mean in terms of uh, these projects that you just mentioned? And the pilots, some are maybe out of pilot phase, some are definitely in the pilot phase. Uh, what would you What would you do with transition finance? That's a good question. <laughs> Which we're going to explore in the next episode. So like the first few thoughts, yeah. the, what, 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 does, what comes to mind now um, on this Friday afternoon? Um. Exactly. I mean, what comes to mind? First of all, I think um, there is a couple of learnings that that one needs to, to needs to have done or needs to be needs to be in in order to uh, know the way and and the how, which is applicable to you know the one in question. I think that's that's something that you know we are really figuring out right now, and we already have some or quite a good quite a good idea of. Um, what I understand, or what I would like to understand, I guess, when I hear transitioning finance, it's basically a partner, a way of having a partner that, in the best case, understands the situation that, that I'm in, that we're in, understands why we want to change, how we can change, why it is profitable to go that way. And by saying profitable, I don't only talk about you know, monetization for me as a farmer or as, as us as a farm operation, but obviously talk about, you know, the ecological side effect, the, the social potential, and let's say, um, you know, the industry as a whole. And um, 
yeah and, and on top of that you know having that um, having that idea of yeah changing fundamental habits and and changing a horizon and that in a way that that gives you the leeway to actually rethink certain ways and and processes and and um also yeah have the time you know as I, i think uh, i always time call is an it interesting one eh? yeah yeah at the time yeah. I, i to be honest with you i i always call it like emotional freedom uh, that's what it is for me because you know i mean we are faced with so many pressures and fears and and risks. And, uh, yeah. and risks yeah i mean it's sometimes uh, you know as beautiful and inspiring and, and and great it is to to be a farmer and to be outside and to do all of those things you know i mean um it is it is a, a huge pressure that you have it's a huge responsibility you have you have it's not only you know the family and and the the family of the people who are working on the farm it goes beyond that and and i think in order to be able to change and, and to facilitate change you know you you can't work freely if you have that pressure on you all the time and if you have those fears about the future all the time so for me you know that idea of transitioning is also to have you know the feeling that you're not alone in this game and there is someone or an institute that is being part of it that understands it that goes through the highs as as well as the lows and that you can rely on and obviously that goes both ways you know so and what in this case uh, you mentioned a number of pilot projects and obviously we'll dive deeper into the different ones and we'll dive deeper with gas into all the aspects of transition finance and obviously that's going to change over years as new things uh, a lot of lessons will be learned um, would it now be mostly is it safe to say that most of of let's say if you've got transition finance whatever shape or form that will take now it would be you would use it to to speed up the implementation of uh, some of these because some are 30 hectares some are three and a half but it's very expensive to do cover crops everywhere and it's very expensive to plant trees and and very risky because you don't not everything has been figured out yet so you are looking for basically fuel to to speed up the process and at the same time by time like it's this constant tension between speeding up and actually going slower and and take a step back and actually have that emotional freedom which you mentioned <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i mean um that is completely right i think when it comes to you know the level uh yeah on, on on the ground level of the different projects i would have a pretty good idea of where to start if i was gonna speed up or if i wanted to speed up right and, and what kind of sizes are we thinking of is it are we discussing five thousand five hundred thousand five million or fifty million what is the the dimension without going into euro details what are dimensions people should think about if they're gonna also help us and reach out with feedback, with ideas, with people to interview, etc. that we are talking about at this large scale farm, because it is a thousand hectares plus the forestry part, where we talk about the farming part now. But what are the dimensions you are at least thinking of and, and calculating with, let's say, in your, your models? Yeah, basically, I mean, uh, obviously there's different ways of, let's say, the, 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 the speediness of the process that you want to take and, and also the scale that, that you want to consider. But you know, from what I've experienced uh, so far from the things that I've seen. And uh, I think I have a good um, idea also of, let's say, the financial applications. I would probably 
have a discussion of, let's say, something between 500,000 and a million to really take a couple of, of, of bigger steps. Um, and I think that's, yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's already quite a lot. It's a lot and, and it's nothing if we, we talk about uh, uh, some movements in the space or movements in, in the finance space. But yeah, obviously, it's an enormous amount of money if you look at uh, your, your general bank account. Exactly. And I mean, this is really where, you know, where, where suddenly that whole discussion of transition financing on an emotional level makes you feel how, you know, how important it is. Because if you think that in, in, a, in a usual bank loan, so to say, you know, having that figure just in front of you, that is a lot of money on the farm level, let's say. And I think that it makes it quite tangible why you know that whole idea of transition financing is so important because you know you you have to think about a way that you can work with that money and and actually develop and achieve what you're setting out to or what you're trying to in a way that um yeah as we've already said give you the freedom and and the time to actually work with it and not having to worry and not having to um you know think about uh, annuities and, and and the bank that that um, is not going to be on your side of the table right it's not gonna um, be i think partner, that's no. exactly it's i a, think that's a critical part really we would love it to be i mean if, if your local bank um, talking to all the farmers that hopefully listen uh, is that partner and has the principles that we're going to explore in this series and is honoring that then obviously and it will be ideal and, and if you're you can find that money somewhere but what we've seen in, in many of these discussions, like this finance to transition farms, often isn't there or is very badly or unfairly, let's say, structured. So we're going to explore those questions and they're going to be uncomfortable questions and they're going to be difficult ones in the next uh, episodes uh, with guests actually on the show. So we're going to have people that are deep into this space and, and going to ask them to see and look at this case and say, okay, how would you finance this if you were in those shoes? So I'm extremely excited to explore that further over the next months and, and dive deeper into the transition finance piece and, and everything that that unlocks as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I guess I'm, I'm kind of um, looking forward. It's a combination of, of, of looking forward and being scared of, <laughs> of the kind of things that, that we'll, we'll have to talk about, the kind of connections that we'll make uh, I think are going to be incredibly interesting and um, you know I'll, I'll, it'd be great to hear also from from a potential audience that is uh, interested in, in the space what kind of questions they have and what kind of uh, you know problems they see or, or, or fears that they have because I think as far as farmers as farming is concerned it's so heterogeneous and you know the things and the questions that I ask the problems that I have the you know the the consider considerations that I think about are obviously all my problems you know and you know this is you know supposing really not about me it's it's just an idea of um you know of starting a conversation uh, on let's say on a farmer's level so um yeah i mean it would be great to to hear some get other in touch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah get in touch either through, through soundcloud twitter or the website investing in regenerative agriculture.com and then you can go to the contact page and you get straight to us so we're very much looking forward to hear from you and um Let's get started with this journey. Perfect, Kuhn. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you for listening to this episode, which is part of the Transition Finance series, trying to find appropriate transition finance to speed up regenerative agriculture on farms. For feedback, ideas, suggestions, please contact us through Twitter or via the contact page on the website, investinginregenerativeagriculture.com. 
Please share this episode with a friend and give us a five-star rating, which really helps others to find the podcast. All the episodes of the series can be found on the website and in your podcast app. Thank you and see you next time.